Good morning, everybody. In all my years of ministry, I never thought I would be leading worship quite like this from my own home. Although, if you ask my family, I suspect some of them would probably say this isn't the first time they've heard me preaching around the house. These are strange times that we are living in. And you can tell how strange they are by the variety of different experiences that different people are going through right now. There are some among us who are exhausted, working long hours under great stress as they risk their health in scary conditions on the front lines to keep our communities running. At the opposite end of the spectrum, there are those who are stuck at home, bored out of their minds, desperately trying to figure out something to do to make this time of their life worthwhile. And then, of course, there are the people who are grieving. People who have lost someone special to the virus. And our hearts go out to all of them. These are uncertain times. But as hard as it is for us to live with the uncertainty, this uncertainty does have one redeeming feature. It can give us some insight into our scripture reading this morning, which in turn can give us some insight into our situation today. So let's dive right into it. Our scripture reading today begins on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias. Seven of the remaining disciples of Jesus have gathered together for mutual support. It had only been a short time since Easter, but you wouldn't know it by the way they are responding. They seem at such loose ends. It's as if they're having trouble processing the big event. Like people stuck in their houses trying to figure out what to do, the disciples were having a hard time figuring out what they were supposed to do. They knew that their lives had changed in some way, but they just didn't know what that new way of life was supposed to look like yet. It didn't help matters that the post-resurrection Jesus was no longer with them the way he was before. No longer was he a constant presence by their side teaching. Now his time with the disciples was far more erratic. He would suddenly show up to teach them something and then quickly disappear as fast as he arrived. The disciples had no idea when he would turn up again or even if he would turn up again. It was an uncertain time for the disciples. An anxious time. A stressful time. A time when they grieved both for their relationship with Jesus before and the old way of life that they had with him. And perhaps, perhaps they were a bit scared too. They saw what the Romans did to Jesus. Who's to say the Romans wouldn't come and do the very same thing to his followers as well? Life had changed for the disciples. And try as they might, they just didn't know what to do about it. Finally, growing weary of sitting around navel-gazing, Peter blurted out, I'm going fishing. And the other disciples decided to follow him. In some ways, it sounds like a backwards thing for Peter to say. Before Easter, Jesus had taught the disciples to give up fishing for fish, and instead, fish for people. So in many ways, 
It sounds as if Peter was saying, let's go back to the way we did things before we got all involved in this Jesus stuff. Yet the strange thing is that I'm going fishing was the very right thing for Peter to say at the time. For Peter, by urging his fellow disciples to snap out of their funk and go do something like fishing, in other words, get up and use the skills they had been given as best they can, as best they knew how at the time, was setting the stage for something wonderful. For while they were out fishing, they discerned through the morning mist a man on the shore motioning towards the other side of the boat. Try the other side, the man kept shouting. Now at first the disciples didn't think there was anything unusual about that. There is nothing miraculous about this part of the story. Even today, fishermen on the Sea of Tiberias talk about how water conditions there can allow people on the shore to see schools of fish that are invisible to nearby fishing boats. It was only when the catch was beyond their wildest expectations that the disciples realized that something special was happening. It was only then that Peter realized that the stranger was Jesus. And at that moment, they discerned an important spiritual truth. They discovered that when you use your skills and gifts as best as you know how to keep going, despite your anxiety, to keep going, despite the uncertainty, to keep going, despite your grief, you can discover the Lord's presence. It's a presence that sometimes comes to us in miraculous ways, but more often than not, it is a presence that comes simply through the ordinary experiences of day-to-day -day life, just as it came to the disciples during an ordinary night of fishing. You know, sometimes the world seems so overwhelming that we wonder how we will ever get by. Or worse, we wonder how we will ever make a difference in the world. But our reading today reminds us that when we're opening to following Christ's direction in our lives, just as the disciples were open to his direction in our reading today, using the gifts and skills he has given us, our efforts can yield results that we once thought were impossible. Even when life is overwhelming, we can find hope in the knowledge that Christ will be there showing us how to use our gifts to accomplish what he has called us to do. And no place, no place is exempt from the power of the resurrection. Resurrection power can just as readily be experienced in the drabness of everyday life as it can by a seashore or by an empty tomb. Now, that doesn't mean we won't have to be creative sometimes to encounter resurrection power. Christ may call us to use our skills and resources in ways that are completely unlike the ways we have used them before. Just as he called the disciples to fish from the other side of the boat, which in some fishing cultures is considered a violation of tradition, so too may he call us to break free from old patterns and use what we know and what we have in brand new ways. It's like a scene 
in one of my favorite movies. Last month was the 50th anniversary of the ill-fated Apollo 13 mission, the space flight during which an explosion in the ship forced the astronauts to take shelter in the lunar landing module, a purpose for which it was not designed. If you saw the Tom Hanks movie about it, you will probably remember the scene in which the engineers at NASA had to figure out a way to retrofit the air filters in the lunar module so the astronauts wouldn't suffocate. It's the scene in which the lead engineer goes to the table and dumps on it replicas of all the equipment the astronauts have to work with on the ship. It's a total mess, full of odds and ends, but nevertheless, the lead engineer tells his underlings that they need to use their skills and take all the stuff they've been given and come up with something that works. The job looks impossible, but the engineers attack the problem, taking the view that no matter how bad the situation looked, they had before them what they needed to get the job done. And so it is with us as people of faith. Sometimes life looks like an uncertain mess. But if we as individuals and a community engage in it, believing that through Christ we have before us what contains the means to get the mission done, if we face our situation really believing that Christ is equipping us for this time, life can have some surprising results. And yes, I know that when life gets tough, we may find it hard to believe that. No matter how many times we may reread this story, we may still feel we just don't have what it takes to do what we need to do. But remember, remember that feelings are funny things. They can be very helpful and enrich our lives, but our feelings can also lie to us as well. Just because we may feel things are a mess doesn't mean that in God's eyes they are a mess. Just because we may feel things are hopeless doesn't mean that in God's eyes they are hopeless. Just because we may feel certain situations will last forever doesn't mean that in God's eyes they will last forever. I think of the words of activist and minister Kaji Dusa, who wrote recently, Every moment of every day, someone, somewhere, is crying, How long, O Lord? Yet the Lord is near. We may experience isolation, but we are not alone. We may feel that we are at an end, but in every case, even in death, we are only at a beginning. This is the promise of faith, of resurrection. Sisters and brothers in Christ, may this be a week when you experience the new hope that the resurrection brings and know that whatever your circumstances, Christ is with you. Use the skills and resources you have been given in faith and you may be surprised at what happens. Thanks be to God. Amen.